Hello, 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 and welcome to Puff Puff Pass, the highly produced show where one couple talk about one movie while high. And today, today we have a very, very special, special episode for you. Special. <laughs> for the first time in Puff Puff Pass history, we have a very special guest. Wow. Would you like to introduce yourself? A special yourself? guest on a special episode. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name's Tiana. And Tiana, how long have you been listening to this podcast? Ever since you guys made your first episode. Actually, yeah. <laughs> you know what we could have done in retrospect? What? Probably a little late now that the podcast has started. We literally could have just, like, did a Zoom call and recorded it and just taken you know, the audio. You know, I thought about that, but I'm like, <laughs> the thing, like, plugs in, and I don't know if it would catch her audio. We're doing this while Tiana's on the phone. Well, it, it would record all. It would record all sound, like any sound that came in. You know. But don't we have to pay for that for Zoom? No, it depends. Do you slap your Zoom account from MacU? No. No. Oh. Ex- <laughs> Tiana, do you slap a Zoom account? <laughs> I think you could make a guest thing, like a guest. Account. Well, they have a thing for like separate. You know what? Semantics. I, do I still I still have Zoom on my phone from college? Oh my god, Christian! I graduated over a year. I ago. literally deleted it as soon as I left for Florida. Dude, I like didn't delete Canvas off of my phone until like. Oh, I deleted everything. Like a few months. As soon as after. I got my diploma, I said. Phew. I was like, "What if I need it?" <laughs> anyway. So Tiana, would you like to tell our audience uh, what movie we will be covering? Oh my god, we're gonna be watch we're gonna be covering Baby Mama. Yes. From two thousand eight. Yes. Okay. You know it's considered a rom com? That's really funny. Yes! Oh, I mean I guess so. I don't know, you don't really get that vibe. Oh my god, my Zoom still works. Oh my god. I, I logged in with my college <laughs> account and it's still it's still a thing. Oh my god. I think my roommate Allie's watching Bear, Barbie Fairytopia, and no, that's right? kind of really nostalgic. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Tiana, do you also want to tell them, our audience, our special news, and why we chose this movie specifically? Oh my god, yeah! Um, so we chose Baby Mama because my sister is pregnant! We told you it was gonna happen. I don't know if we mentioned it or not, but Sarah and Tiana are sisters. (laughs) If If you can't already tell. But now, me and Tiana, like, literally, like, grew up on this movie. Like, this was a movie that, like, we would watch literally all the time. So I feel like it's really appropriate to not only have Tiana as my special guest, but also have this pregnancy announcement through Baby Mama. Yeah. Yeah. So. You're welcome. (laughs) Before we get into anything, how do you guys feel about this Ariana Grande news? Um. So what is it? I've been seeing her in the news. Mm-hmm. What 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 is it? Tiana, do you know what's going on? Yes, she had an affair with SpongeBob from the musical. The, uh, SpongeBob. Tiana's our resident grande expert, by the way. Okay, go on. Um, yeah, I didn't think it was true until his wife confirmed. She was like, "I have done." Wait, so she so she was in a relationship. I silence. So she was in a relationship and she cheated on him with the guy who plays Spongebob from the Broadway musical. Mm-hmm. And, and He was married. And that guy himself was married. Yeah. And she confirmed all of this. Yes. That's big. Yeah. That's huge even. That's... No, it's the fact that she went to his house 
was there for when his wife was pregnant, congratulated her on Mother's Day, mm. and still was messing around with her husband. Mm. Disrespect. I mean, Jeanette McCurdy warned us. I don't know. Before I feel justice like justice warned us. Ooh, I want to know what it would have been like. To have been Naya like, warned us. R.I.P. Naya. Rip Naya. Uh, I wonder. I wonder what it would have been like to have been like working within Nickelodeon during like the early 2010s. Because mm-hmm. you're like you're kind of. When did I Carly start? 2009. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. Like. Yeah, because it must have came out because like it was making fun of like the name like the iPhone like mm-hmm. iPhone iCarly, mm-hmm. so it must have come out like after 2008 or something. But like so yeah, you have like that whole era. You have iCarly like, mm-hmm. ending. You're entering victorious, or you enter and leave victorious, and mm-hmm. then you go into like Sam and Cat or whatever. Yeah. And you just have to watch Ariana Grande slowly go from like background character to mm-hmm. be like main character. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I just think her calling her a girl's, not a girl's girl, was such a big power move because, like, yeah. Bruh, that was iconic. I was like, damn, she went for it. I just had to ask what your opinion is. But. This film was directed by Michael McCurlers, and he's mostly a screenwriter for Saturday Night Live, Austin Powers, Boss Baby, and Hotel Transylvania 3. You know, I have something, this is probably way off topic, no, but it's good. Boss Baby? Uh-huh. I feel like that's such a Republican movie. It's got Alex, Bald- Alex Baldwin. Why do you say Baldwin so? Baldwin literally killed somebody okay, and avoided so like jail. Show, What's more like a Republican than that? In the show? Like, on the show, they talk about liberals being, like, so bad. And I was like, is Boss Baby a Republican? What? Yeah. You need to look it up. You need I to think look I will. It up. Oh, my goodness. I just might, actually. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I why haven't I liked Boss Baby? I thought it was really funny. And Christian likes Hotel Transylvania 3. It's true. <laughs> I love Hotel Transylvania. We also have propaganda and we all know it. Ooh. So we have two SNL alumni in this watch. We got a lot of alumni in this film. But like starring Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, both in Mean Girls, but Tina Fey was also in 30 Rock, while Amy Poehler did Mighty Be and Inside Out. Is there anything else you, you know Tina Fey from? Tina Fey, yeah, she was Arch in. Uh, what are you talking about? No, that's Amy Poehler. She was in 30 Rock. I just said 30 I thought we were talking about Tina Also Faye with Alec Baldwin, by the way. Yeah, we are, but I'm talking about Tina Fey specifically. God, she's in a... Oh. She's in a show that just came out, kind of, and it, and she's kind of just like... Yeah. And she's, she's like the the narrator. Not, we're not really the narrator, kind of, but like... God, what is she in? I gotta look up Tina Fey on Wikipedia now. Oh my god. Excuse me. They are in Sisters! That's literally... The, sisters is literally like this, but they're playing the opposite, like characters of these women in the film. She was born in Upper Darby Township, Pennsylvania. That looks like somewhere Tina Fey would be. Like, hold on. Like, look look at this town and tell me that's not, like, Tina Fey coded. It does have her chin. It does have her chin. (laughs) (laughs) I know she played Sarah Palin on SNL. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back in the day. I'm trying to think of what SNL character I liked her to play. Fey with her husband, Jeff. Um, what about Amy Poehler? 
Her Sarah Palin was spot on, though. Oh, man. Dude, sometimes, like, their, like, impersonations are, like, really good, and mm-hmm. I'm like, is this all, is this all, is, is this the one thing you're good at? <laughs> Did you know that for SNL... Obama's guy was really good. Did you know, like, for SNL, you can only audition one time? Oh, uh, yeah, you can only audition one time. That's awful. You mentioned she was in Mean Girls, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, she plays the teacher. Oh, she was, uh... Oh, she plays the voice of, uh, Soul in, um, like, that movie. Soul? Yeah, of, like, that one. With, like, the the jazz musician from Disney. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. She yeah. plays the soul that doesn't Yeah, she plays the one that doesn't, like, have, uh, their interest or that's, whatever yet. That's our kid. That's our baby. Well, she's also in Ponyo. She's the English dub voice for Lisa. I don't know who Lisa is. Tiana, didn't we watch Ponyo all the time? I remember watching it, like, briefly, but not, like, a lot. I could have sworn Ponyo was one of those movies we watched all the time. No. We yeah. watched Rats, Baby Mama, Aquamarine, Me and Tiana. Every, Kendall's in the Popper, the Barbie version. <laughs> Barbie and the Nutcracker, all Barbie movies. We're girls, girls. We are girls, girls. I would never have an affair with a married man. With a married man. I think it's more like the low blow of like, like congratulating her on her baby, holding exactly. her baby, like, while having the intent of going after her again, man. You have to remember. She made a whole song about it. And you want to know what happened? Pete Davidson broke up with his girlfriend over text. Yikes. But that's just kind of Pete Davidson's vibe, though. Huh? I feel like that's just Pete Davidson's vibe, though. That's true. He did a Kim Kardashian. Mm So do you think this film shows the perspective of pregnancy accurately, even though the script was written and directed by men? You know what? Honestly? Hold on, let Tiana answer. Oh, you're asking her? Okay, fine. Go ahead, Tiana. <laughs> you know what? I think it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Even though back then, like in medieval times, mm-hmm. like the Renaissance, mm-hmm. it was the exact same time period. But like men were writing books about women's productives. Mm-hmm. So and I find that so weird. I think there's just and more... Like, it, if you if you are not the one pushing out the being mm-hmm. you shouldn't be talking I think it's more like I think men are like really fascinated because it's something I that they, they, are. they can't why there, do there's so many OBGYNs that are males alright Christian what do you think what do I think as a man well what do you think this do you think this film shows the perspective yeah, from a male's perspective do you think this film shows the perspective of pregnancy accurately even though the script was written and directed by a man uh, so far in my experience of watching you be pregnant mm-hmm. um, I mean kinda it's more like I feel like Tina Fey's character and Amy Pollock's character mm-hmm. are metaphors for like mm-hmm. Like I, I get, I assume, I assume them to be like metaphors for like you, like like a woman being pregnant, mm-hmm. and it's like your rational side of your brain mm-hmm. and your emotional side of your brain. Mm-hmm. Like your rational 
I don't know, and they often switch between the two because sometimes, like, mm-hmm. Tina Fey's character starts off as, like, oh, you know, like, you need to help you do this, this, and this, mm-hmm. and then, like, later on in the film, she's, like, overbearing mm-hmm. on uh, Amy Pollock's character, but then Amy's character, at the beginning, she's, like, super relaxed, she's, you know, she's drinking Dr. Pepper, mm-hmm. Red Bull, mm-hmm. while pregnant, you know, mm-hmm. and then, like, later on, she's, like, like, you know, like, I really care for this thing, you know, mm-hmm. like, and you need to, like, cool it, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I understand. I think... In a way, I think sort of the with the left and right that you were saying, I kind of agree with left brain, right brain. Because like in a way, you're kind of like my from being a pregnant person. My perspective is you're kind of like saying goodbye to your old self, yeah, and then entering like your new self mm-hmm. of a mother. Like so, That's I very deep. Thank you, but I feel like you know, like you're kind of like, oh, I don't care, it's whatever, and then like. The more pregnant you get, you're just like, oh my gosh, like I, I, I care for this this human being I never met before. I I need to start like eating healthy. Like you start to feel like it's not just about me anymore. Like that kind of thing. And I think they both kind of reflect the whole like the before and after you figure out you're pregnant. Like that kind. Of, I think they both kind of represent that. Yeah. Yeah. So, how do you think this film is trying to say about mothers? Like, what do I think it's trying to say about mothers? Mm-hmm. P- specifically with, like, you know, like, um, Tina Fey's character, Kate, trying to become a mother. Um, Amy Poehler's Angie trying to become a mother. Like, Be- even Becknell yeah. becoming a mother. Like, what do you think this movie is trying to say? I think this movie's trying to say, like... Motherhood's hard. Mm-hmm. Even before you're the uh, uh, before it's like born, motherhood's hard. Mm-hmm. I think find it really interesting that they really like take on like pregnancy in itself because it doesn't really focus on like motherhood when the child is there. It definitely focuses on motherhood before, like the preparing, the nesting, and all that. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. It also shows like basically how two different lifestyles mm-hmm. of motherhood could be like. Mm-hmm. Like you see, Kate, she works in like a corporate like business place Mm -hmm. and she's also single Mm -hmm. and but she wants to have a kid Mm -hmm. and like it's not very common Mm -hmm. for women to be like that old Mm -hmm. or to have business jobs and not have a husband and want a baby Mm -hmm. and it shows like how struggle of those types of women that are out there Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. I just find it like really interesting that like I feel like the movie does poke fun at not only like Kate's perspective of trying to become pregnant, but also like Bicknell's. Like Bicknell is like a huge like punching, like like punching bag throughout the film. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. I just and you know, like I'm just trying to figure out like, okay, well what is this film trying to say? And like oh that also brings me to another question. Like, T, do you think this movie is like a product of its time? I really do. Mm-hmm. I feel like his maybe in the early 2000s they, mm-hmm. of course I was a child so I didn't really get to see this mm-hmm. but like as you could see you saw like a lot of commercials mm-hmm. like there there are people who are like oh this is the family this, mm-hmm. this is the kids mm-hmm. this is the white picket stance mm-hmm. that I have mm-hmm. this is success this is the American dream yeah. that you want yeah. but you don't see like single mothers single fathers yeah now you do <laughs> now you do <laughs> So, how do you feel about surrogacy, personally? Me? 
forward to. Or any, anybody can anybody? answer. Yeah. Open open ended. Yeah, it's very open ended. Yeah. Um. I would say. I mean, surrogacy's fine. Like, there's like mm-hmm. it's just one of many ways to have children. You know, mm-hmm. surrogacy adoption. Mm-hmm. I guess you know. Regular pregnancy, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should say that, but you know, regular pregnancy, adoption, mm-hmm. uh, surrogacy, IVF. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was about to say in vitro, like that's different from IVF, <laughs> but yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. I have no problem with IVF. I do have. I do think that a lot of those, a lot of those ways mm-hmm. are like for rich people, though. Yeah. Like I don't think poor people can like, you know, or even even consider surrogacy. Even like I guess what you would like mm-hmm. middle class people can yeah. really consider it. It's yeah. still like kind of out of their league. What do you think, Tiana? I think surrogacy is mostly for the rich because mm-hmm. the only people that I, I mean, I don't know them personally, mm-hmm. but like Joe Jonas, mm-hmm. not Joe Jonas, Nick Jonas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Kim Kardashian, Kanye. Yeah. I personally, and I'm sorry if you all highly disagree, I do not think we... Because pregnancy is just a really hard thing to go through. And I get that it's really expensive. And I do think everyone is deserving of trying to have a child if they can. Um, Yeah. But I don't think it's right to have somebody carry a child and then give it away in in a sense i can i cannot imagine carrying something that you, like, it's because i'm pregnant i it you i can't imagine I it's because you're pregnant i mean all i could think about it is like women are basically mm-hmm. like it's all it is is like it's like puppies that's what I think of surrogacy is. Yeah, and it just, it kind of, it grosses me out, but also, like, the emotional toll that, because the person who does get the baby in the end, they probably don't feel that same connection that they have if they were to carry that child. Mm-hmm. And then that person who's recovering from having that baby, they they probably feel kind of like, I don't know how postpartum must feel to them. I can't even imagine, like, going to the hospital, giving birth, and then not... Yeah. having that child with you. I cannot imagine that kind of, like... I don't know. I want to say, like, emptiness. Yeah. I can't imagine. Like, I cannot imagine. But I thought it was really admirable for um, Khloe Kardashian to admit that, like, she did not connect with her uh, son who she did have through surrogacy and that that, yeah. was, and that that was really challenging for her. And then that's when I knew that I was like, I don't think we should be doing that to people. Because I don't think that's really, like, probably very, like... Because childbirth is traumatizing to both mother and child. So I can't even imagine, like, knowing somebody's voice, heartbeat, and then be given up to something else that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of safety net that they no longer have. No, Does that you. make sense? Yeah. Okay, I don't mean to sound rude. Like, if you're, like, from surrogacy, I'm sorry. But that's just honestly my personal opinion. But... Yeah, I just don't really agree with it. I mean, I think surrogacy is fine. Mm -hmm. Because, like, there's a lot of people who can't have babies. Mm -hmm. Especially if they want to make, like, genetically their own. Mm -hmm. Like, how the LGBT community, Mm -hmm. like, two women, they can actually make a baby. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't need a man. Mm -hmm. Bone marrow. Mm -hmm. Look it up. 
<laughs> but like if you're two men and mm-hmm. you want to have a baby mm-hmm. and like adoption maybe not be on your side mm-hmm. because of religious reasons mm-hmm. you could try surrogacy mm-hmm. I guess I see your point and I feel like like most women that have to go through surrogacy to be like I don't know a caretaker mm-hmm. I don't even know what the word's for it yeah but you probably have to go through like a lot of testing mm-hmm. it's the same way of people like selling their eggs too yeah that is such true <laughs> all right are we ready right. to get into it all ready are you ready are you ready to ready. all right baby mama so we opened with shots of the city of Philadelphia as we have a voiceover of Kate, played by Tina Fey, explaining that she did everything she was supposed to do, such as not crying in meetings and not wearing short skirts, and that she even put up with the weird guys in upper management that kissed you on the mouth at Christmas. And I thought to myself, oh my god, oh yeah. this film is definitely a product of its time. Because, like, why? Why? And it just makes me, like, feel really bad for women in the workplace back then. Because that would not fly today. Honestly, being in business, Mm -hmm. as a business major, Mm -hmm. you can all judge me for it. Um, Even being in, like, school, it's very hard for Mm -hmm. you to, like, actually speak your mind on stuff. Because men would be like, "Mm -hmm, what's wrong? Like, you're stupid and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, like, being in a role that's upper management like people expect more from you like if you want something you said that you want done mm-hmm. you're being a bitch mm-hmm. if you don't give favors out to men mm-hmm. they're gonna call you a slut that's which which i think this film does kind of tackle a little bit especially when she's starting to date rob rob yeah yeah i find that really interesting so kate continues by saying Um, Is it fair to be the youngest VP in her company that she will also be the oldest mom at preschool? She further explains that it's just part of the deal and she made the choice. Some women got pregnant while she would get promotions. Kate confesses that she still aspires to meet someone and fall in love and get married, but she thinks that's a high-risk scenario and that she wants a baby now because she's 37. And while she's saying that, we find out that she's talking to some guy on like a first date. Like, how would you feel if somebody told you that on a first date? From a male's perspective, I'm pretty sure they would run out and never talk to you again. They would definitely block you. <laughs> How From a woman's perspective, I'd be like, check, please. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'd be like, I'm not the one for you. Personally, I do not want to have kids at all. Mm-hmm. And that's fair. I just want to be the full rich aunt. That's fair. I'm currently working on being rich, so I got cool and aunt down. I think you're rich, babe. Oh, thanks. Christian, how would you feel if you were on a first date and somebody told you all this? I'd be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy is so like... At least told me up first, like up front. Right? <laughs> yeah, I know! Like, I feel like she was trying to be honest, and the guy's just like... He understandably kind of freaks out, but he's, like, such a dick. He's like, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And he, like, runs out of there. Like, and then Kate's like, mm-hmm, can I get this to go, please? Literally. Like, did he leave her with the bill? He left her with the bill. It didn't look like they'd order anything other than drinks, though. I she says, can I get this to go? So why would she say, I need to get this drink to go? You can't take a bottle, alcohol. Like a bottle. So he left her with the bill. <laughs> 
We get a title card. Mm-hmm. And Tiana, what information did you want to give about them? Um, the music starts playing, and it's Stay Late by Talking Heads. And I love it. Who also did what song, Tiana? Psycho Killer, <laughs> which I also love, because they have a really distinctive voice and sound. So then we start off with a montage. Kate's going about her day-to-day routines. And she sees a bunch of babies are all just staring at her. But this makes Kate just want a baby even more, like, to the point where she even imagines all her co-workers as babies. Yeah. Like, we see Kate, like, try for adoption, but her prospects just don't look good. We then see her go to, like, a sperm bank trying to pick which suitable donor will give her a cute baby. Do you think that's how that really works? Because, like, when you watch the film, like, she's picking out the men who because she has her baby pictures and then the guy's baby picture and then she and then the doctor will like splice them together and she's picking which one will give her a cuter baby yeah and I'm 90% certain that that last baby is straight up the Gerber baby (laughs) honestly it was I always wondered how it works like like I need to know I know men have to pay for stuff Mm -hmm. so like instead of going to pawn shops and pawning things they pawn their sperm. Sell your sperm. But, like, women do it, too. They sell their eggs. Real. Would you sell your eggs? Me? Yeah. No. I would definitely do it. <laughs> I hear it's kind of painful. It is. You have to take, like, so much drugs for yeah. it, too. Mm. I hate shots. So, the next scene, we see Kate take a pregnancy test, and she's beyond excited. She even leaves notes of affirmations for herself, and that this will all happen to her this time. But she is only met with disappointment when the test tells her a big, fat no. No. And as someone who has taken pregnancy tests before and has gotten a negative pregnancy test, having a big, fat, like, no letters on there would have been so freaking helpful instead of trying to, like, decipher if that's, if you're seeing two lines or not. Also, it was really funny. Yeah, Christian loved it. So next scene, we see Kate at her OB, and he tells her that he doesn't like the shape of her uterus, and that her eggs are not the problem, but her uterus looks like a T-shape, and that it literally looks like a tea, like a, like a, a tea, tea steak, a like, tea, like a tea, like a tea steak bone, like, you know, like, when you get those no, steaks, no, steak. Yeah. I think it looks like, what does it look like? It looks like the freaking Tesla logo. <laughs> I think Elon got his inspiration from a T-shaped uterus. I literally do. He was like, I want that on a car. Oh my god. Literally. Like, literally, if you look at the movie, just pause it, go Google, look at Tesla logo, put it up next to it. Uh, so then, like, so then, like, her doctor calls her old, like, sure, who's like, oh yeah, you're old, and uh, but your, and so your mom was probably taking medication when she was pregnant, and we now know that some of that medication may cause like infertility, and like, Kate's kind of just like hmm, infertility. Hmm. Yeah, literally. But, While he's like hmm. sipping like his baby bump mug. Yeah. Anyway, and so. Her doctor tells her that her chances of conceiving are low, and Kate's like, "Oh well, hello, like, and uh, like, what would you sign like a color, a nickname, a locker?" And the doctor's like, "I can't really say, but like, one in a million, you know." And so, I don't know, Sarah, was that funny for you? I thought it was a little hilarious. A little. Like you know, I think it was poking fun about like doctors trying to be sensitive about certain topics. And that he's just like, I just don't like the shape of your uterus. And she's like, stop looking at it. Would you want your doctor to be like like that more? Or do you want to just be like blunt? 
I would rather they be blunt with what I need to know, especially when it comes to, like, infertility. It's great. So, the next scene, we see Kate having dinner with her family as her mom confesses that she did take something for liver spots. She's like, I, I was 30 and I had liver spots. Liver <laughs> spots. <laughs> and she's like, oh, like, Kate's, like, saying, like, oh, you know, like, it's it was normal back then. Like, they probably didn't even warn people. And her mom's like, I think I even had to sign something. Like, I think they warned me. Literally. <laughs> She's like, why would I want grandkids? And no, but then for real. And so, like... And so her mother asks, like, oh, right, so is this finally, like, putting this uh, baby mania the rest or whatever? And she and she's like, it's been three times, like, each with failure. And Kate's like, it's been nine. Or whatever. And then, like, Kate's uh, brother, uh, brother-in-law, like, asked her about, like, adoption. Kate's like, I applied. And whatever. And her mom's like, oh, don't get a black baby. <laughs> and at first, you're like, oh... Like, just gonna hit you with a blatant racism, and they're like, uh, and Kate's like, oh, don't worry, I'm not, uh, they're not gonna pick me anyway, because I'm a single woman, and it takes forever for, like, single women to get, uh, have a child to adopt, and, but her mother's like, she's like, keeps going on, she's like, I've had it with all these movie stars showing off, like, look at me, my black baby, <laughs> and me and Sahara, like, both immediately looked at each other, and who did you say? I was like Angelina Jolie. Oh, I thought of Sandra Bullock. And she thought of Sandra Bullock. Tiana, can you think of anybody that adopted a black baby around this time? The only person that came up to me was Angelina Jolie. See? I'm pretty sure Sandra Bullock also has black children. Probably. I'm pretty sure she does. <laughs> Look at me and my black baby. But the only person that you could really think of that pops up is mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie. It's because she has more than one. Yeah. But she does have a point. She's just like, hey, like they're using these children as accessories. Like, don't, like, don't do that. Will Smith has black kids. Okay, but her mom is such a fucking G. Her mom's a mood, bro, and she kind of reminds me of our mom. Uh, you're talking about Kate's mom. Mm-hmm. Liver spots. <laughs> yeah, bro. Bro, honestly, honestly. Especially the end, bro. I've had it with all these celebrities. Uh, no, but then um. She'd be great at Twitter, though. No, for real. And then so like, but or X, X now. And so her mom like tells Kate that you know like not everyone is a, a tolerant of her alternative lifestyle as they are. And Kate's like, being single is not an alternative lifestyle. And she's like, and her mom's like, you know, it is when you're thirty-seven. I saw. Ooh. No, um, but basically, and so like. <laughs> Never mind, forget it. I was gonna say something. Well, I, I said like more like X because when I well because I was like, oh, Rob be good at Twitter, and I was like more like X now. Maybe think of like he's been trying. He's been he's like obsessed with the letter X, bro. Everyone says that. Yeah, well, I'm serious. It's like he tried to or rename PayPal like mm-hmm. X.com or whatever, and all of his employees were like, no, we already have branding as PayPal. Oh my god, Tiana, did your Twitter turn to X yet? I don't think so. I haven't even looked at Twitter, but. Mine's still the bluebird. Mine, mine turned to X. If you wah, look wah. at it, I know. I was so okay, sad. Okay, let me do it right now. <laughs> no, mine's still a bird, thank God. Oh my God, nope. I Everybody's lost the bird. Heard about the word. So the next scene, Kate's sister's family is packing up and ready to go as Kate talks to her sister about the baby making Kate is trying to do. Oh yeah. Kate's sister suggests surrogacy and Kate thinks that it's weird and that she'd rather just keep trying by herself. 
Her sister tells her that building a family is not like opening up one of her stores. It's not an executive decision, but real life, and it gets messy. I hate how every movie like this kind of mm-hmm. has like that one character who like the main character is like friends with or related to, mm-hmm. and they don't show up at all in the movie mm-hmm. other than to say like, "Well, you know how real life is." Because that's all she does. She calls and it's like, oh, or like, like that's this. because she has a family, Christian. Do you think? Well, she there has was like time? a scene later in the movie or whatever. Because uh, like Kate was complaining about um, what's her name? Amy Pollock's character. Angie. Angie. Kate yeah. was complaining about Angie and was like, uh, like, uh, you know, it's 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 like I'm dealing with like a a, a child or whatever. And we cut and she's on the phone with her sister with her sister and her sister's like, ah, oh, well, you know, like get ready. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, that's all she's there for in the movie, just to be like, oh well. Which makes me think. I think her, her sister. I can't. I can't tell, but I feel like she's younger than Kate. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Most stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Kate's sister, her name is Caroline, by the way, asks how long Kate is going to put her body through this. And Kate explained that she knows for years she said she didn't want one. Then one day she woke up and suddenly every baby on the street was staring at her. Kate's sister jokes that Kate is coming out of the mommy closet as her son runs through the house with stuff on his hands. And she asks him, Tyler, is this chocolate or poop? And she sniffs his hand, and she asks him again. And, and is it chocolate or poop? And then she, like, licks it, and it's like, it's chocolate. And Kate is just, like, a face of, like, disgust or whatever. She's like, what if that had been poop? And Kate's like, I didn't finish. I didn't, oh, it, she's like, it's messy. You know? That's not Kate, that's Caroline. Or Caroline, Caroline's like, oh, telling Kate, like, oh, yeah, it's messy. What can I say? But so, so, here, here's a scene I want to point out. Back at work... We see Kate in this like meeting with her boss. Mm-hmm. That's the CEO named Barry. He's played by Steve Martin, who's also been on the podcast before. When? Pink Panther. We didn't post that. We was the last episode. Oh, last episode, Pink Panther. <laughs> anyway, so technically he is. He's an honorary member, and so and he tells everyone like they all have like shot glasses on their desk filled with like various colored liquids, and he's like, everyone take a shot of pea soup. And so Barry tells everyone that he's like, you know, when I was swimming in, with dolphins in Costa Rica this morning, I realized that I'm a great man. And since great men do great things, I want to build a store, like, right here in Philadelphia. And it was at this point, mm-hmm. it was at this point when I realized this movie is not in New York. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Like, it doesn't say at all early in the movie. And I just see big city and ocean, and I take it to, like, on the East Coast, and I take I'm, it... I'm, like, pretty sure, like, they have, like, little things on, like, the doors that are, like, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, like, everywhere. Either way. Well, okay, but, like, I, I just, like, there's nothing really, like, popping out to you that this is, like, not New York City, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you see a big city on the East Coast, and you're, like, New York. Yeah. So, you know? You know? Do you know? My favorite memorable scene of the scene is Barry gets handed, like, a warm towel from somebody. He's in the room, and he hands him over with, like, tongs, and he wipes his hands, and he just throws them on the floor, and he's like, I am a great man. No, but for real. (laughs) And then, but, like, and so he's like, I, and since since great men do great things, I want to build a store right here in Philadelphia, and I want it to be the biggest store we've ever built, and it should be from recycled material and beautiful and all that. You know, it's very, like, Whole Foods-y, you Mm -hmm. know? And so... What do you think round earth foods is? I, I take it to be, like, whole foods. Tiana, what do you think it is? Basically, like, a whole foods. Like I never I shit. never thought that yeah. at all. That's because you had never been to whole foods till then. I 
mean, he's basically a hippie guru. Yeah. But, like, so Barry then, he's, like, he's, but this this whole time, by the way, he's, like, crisscross applesauce on the table, right? Mm -hmm. On top of the table. And Barry's, like, he asks Kate, he's, like, join me on the table. And she's, like, I'm wearing a dress. And he's, like, come on. And so he, she, like, kind of, like, like, like gets gets on the desk in a way that she isn't, like, revealing herself to everybody. Mm-hmm. Damn it, it just scrolled away. <laughs> like, I hit the top of my screen, and it, like, scrolled all the way Do up. Do you want me to take over? Uh, no, I got it. Okay. And so, like, uh, so he's like, I want, he's like, I want, Kate, I want you to spearhead this project as our new vice president. And then he's like, no, let me transfer my success to yours. And, uh, and he, like, he's like, lean forward, and they like, touch foreheads mm-hmm. for like an uncomfortably long amount of time you know and so like <laughs> first off what would you do if you had this boss me yeah i feel like i already do <laughs> okay but more importantly like dude hr is working fucking overtime this dude moment. for real like barry makes me so uncomfortable i'm like because mm-hmm. that's the pink panther i feel like he thinks that he's one with the people and that he will like when the revolution comes he'll be spared but no True. Like he tries to be relatable to us poor people. Yeah. Tax so, the rich. So speaking of Pink Panther and Steve mm-hmm. Martin, okay. Mm-hmm. So growing up, I thought like the Pink Panther, mm-hmm. like that movie. No, like the act, an, an actual Pink Panther, like an animal, yeah. was like a part of the story. Yeah. And then we watched the movie, and mm-hmm. it was like the Pink Panther Diamond. Mm-hmm. Uh, it threw me for a loop. And about, like, halfway through the movie, the first time we ever watched it, I'm still kind of expecting this, like, pink cat cat to just, like, show up somewhere. I thought it was really smart for that film to use. Because in the cartoon, it is a pink cat. Yeah, like, in the cartoon, there is a cat. But I think it's really smart for them to use the Pink Panther as a diamond and as a catalyst of, like, it going this thing and all that. For the detective to find. But I I was... it's It's not bad. I just... I'm waiting, like, halfway through this, like, almost two-hour movie, and I'm like, damn, <laughs> this pink cat's really stalling time, for time, don't I you think? Thought. Like, this cat's really stalling, huh? This should show up any minute now. Is it show... Because I, I, I didn't watch the movie when it came out, like, ten years ago, mm-hmm. and I didn't, like... I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't a big Pink Panther fan, but I knew what it was, you know? I'm not a stan, sorry. Okay. Uh, but, like... So I was like, okay, well, pink, you know, I know there's a pink cat like that detective, mm-hmm. and so, so I see the detective. You saw him at the beginning in those credits. That doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> that only re- further reinforces <laughs> that he will be a part of the, an integral part of the story. I never thought that. Congratulations. Did you did you ever think like Steve Martin was French? Because for the longest time, I thought he was when I was younger. I didn't I think that either. Like was real. I, no, <laughs> I, I always knew he was American, mainly because if he was French, his name no, would be, would be Stephen Martin. I was like, no, 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 they're two different men. They're two different. Men. This, he's he's real French, and this is like somebody who looks like him. That's his doppelganger. That's his twin, bro. <laughs> because Fouance is Fouance. Fouance. I would like a hamburger. I would like to buy a hamburger. Podcast, we did we did cover that episode, and we got halfway through it, but that's when I found out we were pregnant, which is why March, our, our, our mystery that's March... That's why our is, upload schedule's been dog Yeah, shit. and why March got cut so short, and because I got super, super sick, and that's why our that, that month got cut. So, yeah. I've, I've been carrying the unbearable weight of getting high alone. Yeah. <laughs> 
this, <laughs> these past few months. Shame. For shame. Sahara. All my thoughts have been sober thoughts. For shame. <laughs> Tiana, what were you going to say? Every party is a sober thoughts party because a sober thoughts party is you. This is, it's really nice. If you can't tell, Christian's high as fuck. I can tell. <laughs> So we see Kate get congratulated as she walks through her company's building. We then see Kate get stuck behind a baby in an elevator, and she just sniffs it. Yeah, and I was like, Sarah, if you knew no one was watching other than the baby, mm-hmm. would you? No. Would you sniff that no. baby? No, don't do that. That that's weird. Okay. But I do like the baby way baby smell. Dude, I love the way baby smell. I used to work at a daycare, and I was in the infant infant room majority of the time. I love the way baby smell. I know you do. You are the type of one to smell babies. Well, I wouldn't smell them. Like, if I was holding them and rocking them, then I'd be like, you know? Yes. <laughs> You're so weird. It's not weird. I swear, babies smell so good. No, they don't. They smell like diapers. <laughs> like, fresh new ones, too. Well, at least they're not the stinky kind. Pampers. Swaddles. Swaddle. I don't know the rest of the other... Pampers, Huggies, Huggies. Huggies, yeah. Huggies. I'm sure there's more. So the next scene, we see Kate go to the surrogacy place where she meets Chaffney Bicknell, who's played by Sigourney Weaver. Oh my goodness. Sigourney. 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 If anyone's the villain in this movie, it's her, bro. How is she the villain? How is she the villain? If anything, I think she's such a huge punching bag for this entire film. That's true. Honestly, everyone's like, oh, you're old. No, for real. And it's so mean. Like, Bicknell explains that she started this business because she saw growth in it. And uh, besides, people don't even do their own taxes anymore. And they do that by outsourcing. And what is surrogacy if not outsourcing? Kate asks if her child would be carried by some poor, underpaid woman in the third world. And Becknell's like, of course not. And then she like quickly writes that down. <laughs> Becknell tells Kate that this process is expensive and will cost her $100,000. And Kate is like, oh my god. It costs less to kill someone. And Becknell is like, well, it takes longer. Takes longer? Depends how you're killing them, I guess. Becknell explains that all of the surrogates go through extensive background checks such as medical history, credit reports, and psychological testing. Kate asks why these women do it, and is it really all just for the money? And Becknell defends this by saying that Kate is probably really good at her job and loves doing it while also making money. Becknell then asks if Kate plans on hiring a nanny, and Kate says, yeah, of course. And Becknell then asks, well, how is this any different? A nanny is someone she trusts to take care of her baby after it's born, and a surrogate mother is someone she will trust to take care of her baby before. But either way, it's all Kate's baby. It's all Kate's baby. It's going to be Kate's baby in the end, either way. So, do you think Becknell makes a good argument on trying to convince this is a good way to get pregnant? Like, with what she said. Do I? Well, do, do you any of you? I don't know. If like, you have the money for it, then yeah. But, like, do you think, like, her argument to Kate is convincing? I mean, she does it, doesn't she? <laughs> does she? <laughs> so, after the whole sales pitch, Bicknell's baby makes an appearance. Like, Bicknell tells her that everyone deserves that. And Kate is like, oh, well, you're proof of that. And Bicknell's like, what? 
she's like, oh, you like you used the program. And Becknell's like, no, 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 I conceived Sabrina the old-fashioned way. And Kate's like, but you're so old. And Becknell's like, well, you wouldn't think so if you saw my uterus. <laughs> also, take this with a grain of salt, y'all, but like, I heard on TikTok that once you reach the age of 35, you're considered high risk when you become pregnant. Yeah. I didn't know that. That means, that, that, that means you're definitely getting a lifeboat if we're on the Titanic. You, you're a woman and children. What? You know what? How they're like women and children first. Top priority. Thanks, bud. So Bignell tells Kate that since she doesn't have her fertile body, she can still help her become a mother. And I think that was such a dig because Kate called her old. Of course. So next scene, we see Kate outside her apartment waiting for her next potential surrogate as her doorman, Oscar. Oscar, the grouch. Oscar, who she's waiting for. And Kate explains that she's waiting for a woman named Angie. And Oscar is like, oh, so you're waiting for your baby mama. And that's the song he's singing. Yeah, that's the song he's singing when he's, uh, in case, like, nice. Nice. So Oscar explains, he's like, oh, I have two baby mamas. And Kate's like, oh, no, 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 this is different. Like, you've had relations with these women. I'm just doing strictly business. And Oscar's like, you pay the bills. Angie has the baby. That's called a baby mama. Ask any black man in Philadelphia. We then see a Suzuki coming up playing loud music. And Oscar is like, what if that's her? And Kate's like, probably not. And he's like, here comes your baby mama. The Suzuki does stop, and the first to come out is Carl, played by Dax Shepard, asking his partner, Angie, played by Amy Poehler, that he only wants to stay for 15 minutes so that he can take a picture with the statue. And Angie is like, well, that's great, because I didn't bring a camera. So, already, we can already tell what kind of people they are. It was a rocky statue. Was it really? Yeah, did you not make that yeah. uh-uh. Also, Rocky takes place in Philadelphia. I didn't know that. Something that yeah. that movie like uh, decided to make mention of. I think they show us later on in the movie where I think she did take the picture after all. But anyway. So, the two go back and forth, and Kate interrupts them by introducing herself, and Angie seems like genuinely happy to see Kate. And they hug as Angie introduces Carl as her common-law husband. So as Kate ushers them inside her apartment, Angie does a little curtsy for Oscar before entering, and Carl gives him instructions on how to park his car before it smokes up, and promises him with cash if he does it right. So in Kate's apartment, they all get to know each other a bit more, as Kate asks Angie and Carl how they met. And Angie says they started seeing each other after the summer she discontinued high school. And she also explains that Carl never really officially asked her to be his wife, but they view each other as husband and wife. So Angie compliments Kate's apartment and how huge it is while Carl puts his cup on her coffee table. As Kate finds a coaster for Carl's cup, Angie tells her that uh, Kate's apartment reminds her of Kate's Huds- Kate Hudson's New York pied-a-terre. And Carl makes fun of her for being like, she's probably not even saying it right. And Kate's like, no, she is. Which I think is such a huge thing for Angie because we can tell that she does not get that kind of acknowledgement like at home or for her husband. Like he's always constantly like, putting Angie down and whenever Kate's like oh no yeah you said it right and she had like a huge smile on her face like yeah. like oh like thank you 
So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Carl's a huge red flag. Yeah, I'd agree with Tiana, red flag, honestly. About Carl? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Carl's kind of an asshole. He's been an asshole the whole movie. He, so, like. He's like. <laughs> I don't think there's a point where he ever stopped being an asshole. Like, do you think Angie kind My of girl like. My girl does not rock. <laughs> My girl does not rock. <laughs> So after that, Angie asks what Kate's husband does, and Kate's like, oh, I'm not re- married, and Angie's like, oh, really tell. surprised by this. And I don't know if this is just because it's the early 2000 mindset, but like, why does everyone act like Kate, like not being married is such a huge deal? Because it's, it's like playing in the, the whole thing. That, this is the thing in like the early 2000s in a lot of movies. It's like, oh, if you're like not normal, it's like, what's wrong with you? You know, like, like, exactly. they did it like in Mean Girls or whatever. She's like, oh, you know, like, I never had a boyfriend or whatever. And they're like, oh. But it's like you're a kid, though. Yeah, but, like, still, it starts younger and everyone grows up. And I don't know. I think that, like, which is a really good, t- interesting Also, you, they, also they, they, like, mom would used to tell us, like, oh, you're going to go to college and you're going to find your husband in college and I'll then you're going to get married. See? Like, that's something normal, like, people do. And then if you don't do that, it's Sarah, not normal. Sarah, you're going to add back. I bet you were in high school. Oh, my God. But I I don't know. I think that's such an interesting take of how far away we have strayed away from that, too. Because, like, even in this film, yeah. they kind of, like, with, like, Rob's character, he says, like, oh, well, you don't have to be married to have a, to have a kid, you know? Like, even he's, like, like, the, the, uh, institution of marriage I think is slowly crumbling even in our lifetime like even when I watch this movie I'm just like so confused on why Kate is like catching strays for not being married (laughs) she was catching what were we watching okay so unrelated unrelated you expect you to be married by like at least 30 that's wild. Yeah, unrelated. Un- unrelated, but the phrase catching strays. Earlier today, we were watching MasterChef, and there's this one character. Like, they'll talk about. The one character? Like, well, they're well, not real people? No. This is one person. She's, like, really good at, like, plating her food or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um. Oh, like, so whenever, like, someone, these past few episodes, whenever someone's had, like, really, like, plated their food really well, the judges would be like, oh, this is something we'd expect from Brie, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, or, uh, someone, or Brie does terrible, and they're like, oh, Brie, not up to your best, huh? Or whatever, you know? I know, they always have something to say about Al- Always got Brie, like... She's top eight. I thought she'd be going home by now. Honestly. I think every time she cries, and that's why she does it. This is now a, a Master Chef review channel. <laughs> Anyway, Angie's like, wow, you must have, like, a really good job to, like, live by yourself. Mm-hmm. And Kate's like, oh, yeah, I'm the VP of this company. Angie's like, oh, so you take over if the president is shot? And, like, Kate, like, kind of laughs and is like, oh, joke, right? Uh-huh. You're joking, right? <laughs> but Kate changes the subject by telling Angie that she, like, really likes her shirt. And Angie's like, oh, you know, I just really like passions. And I never noticed this before, but, like, you can really tell that, like, Angie does have an interest of making clothes. Like, even in, like, the background where you're not, you don't see her make clothes, but she has a, she has, she has a sewing machine. And um, when she moves in with Kate, she, like, has her, you can see her clothes are kind of, like, you can tell are being made. And I think that's such a cute little, like... Detail? Yes! That, like, it's very, like, continuity, especially in the end. It's continuous. Yeah! So, Carl is, like, also going through, like, Kate's, like, CDs and drawers and stuff. 
and um, Angie then like confesses that she has like a small interest in fashion school. So here's the thing, right? Would you shell out a hundred thousand dollars that you could? No. 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 How much do you think Kate makes? I have no idea. She's a VP, so I don't know. I'm just for I'm just because I'm gonna assume they're in the same boat. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna look up Whole Foods. Whole, she's a woman. Whole Foods vice president. And back in 2008, by the way. Whatever, close enough. Probably 2007. All right. The Whole Foods, that's just, these are just the president of, like, the different regions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do we have a... Uh, okay, see, uh, Leandra Balmano is the chief technology officer and senior vice president. So I'll just look up her, like, net worth. Also her. Go women. Go women. <laughs> Which is so big for 2008. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's crazy. Man, does it not show your... Can I look up someone's tax records? Are they not public? Can I look up someone's tax records? Only if they're court cases. God damn it. Ugh. Or if they're my own. I do think Kate makes a lot of money because isn't she like a step above or a step below Barry? Maybe. I mean, yeah, she's a vice. She's the vice president. Yeah. Yeah, So she probably is making a lot of money because Barry has been established as a billionaire. Yeah. So she probably is making a lot of money. I mean, she has enough money to get a surrogate. (laughs) Literally. It's estimated that Scott Alhouses Alhouses. He's the president mm-hmm. has about five hundred, like half a million in net worth, mm. and that's just money that he just like has, mm. you know. Yeah, that's crazy. What do they do? What? Like what? What is their job? Like I know what my job is. My as... job. My job is beach. <laughs> so, while holding. Kate's CDs. Carl's asks while looking through them. He's like, oh, Kate, you don't get down with rap. And Kate's like, well, somewhere in there I have a salt and pepper CD. And I'm like, dude! (laughs) Like, oh yeah, I get down to rap. I have an old salt and pepper CD. She's not salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. She said it with a hard R. Hard R. She did say it with a hard R. That's what I said. So both Angie and Carl look at Kate disappointingly as Kate asks what Carl does for work. And Angie's like, oh, he's an entrepreneur slash inventor, which means this homie is unemployed. He says that the iPod was actually his idea and that when he saw it first come out, he kicks himself every day for it. Literally. And Angie is like, yeah, he took it really hard. Carl then explains that since money is really tight right now, which led them to surrogacy, and that when he thought that Angie would have to sleep with someone else to get pregnant, then they would have to pay extra, this the same time Angie chimes in and correcting him being, like, out of the question, which makes Carl change his answer to out of the question. Real. So, the next scene, we see Angie and Kate out on her balcony. Kate asks Angie, has she ever done this before? And Angie's like, no, but I know I'm good at getting pregnant. And Kate's like, that's not really what I meant. Angie's like, oh, well, you know, we've all had our scares. And Kate's like, no, not really. Angie's like, quickly changes up and is like, yeah, me neither. Which, like, side eye. Side eye. Do you think from this conversation that Angie may have gotten rid of a pregnancy before? I think she'd probably, like, taken some plan B, but I feel like 
she probably has never done an abortion. Mm. What do you think, Christian? Um, They're expensive. No, for real. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like... She's like, we've all had our scares. <laughs> Kate then asks Angie how many women she has interviewed, and, Kate, and Angie tells her that she is her sixth or seventh. Six Kate asks how it's going, and Angie says good, but tells her that you know in science how some people's auras give off a different color. And Kate's like, sure. And she's like, well, I can read people's auras, and I'm very sensitive to people's energies, and that meeting so many new people makes her exhausted. Kate gets excited and asks if Angie can read hers. And Angie's like, oh, yeah, sure. And she, like, steps back and looks. And we see her look at the sky quickly. And she tells Kate, like, oh, your aura is very sunset-y, very sunset. And that it's a good color for you. Good Kate tells Angie that she really wants her to like her because she is asking for a really big favor. And that Angie has a God-given gift that she doesn't. Angie confesses to Kate that she knows she can be good at this, and it's nice to feel needed, important, and useful. Kate tells Angie that she has tried to do this alone, but she needs Angie, and Angie's like, I'm going to make my decision. Made my decision. Decision's made. <laughs> and grabs Kate's hand and tells her that she wants to put Kate's baby inside her. And Kate, Kate like, grabs Angie's hand back and is like, Angie, I'm going to put my baby inside you. So we slowly fade cut to the next scene as endless love starts to play as we see Angie get ready to be artificially insane. I wouldn't say slowly fade. It was kind of like an abrupt transition, for being honest. I guess. Oh, but it's so good. It kind, it kind of just looked like... You are interrupting Diana me. Ross. Wait, can you it's say that again, Tiana? Huh? Can you say that again? Endless love by Lionel Richie and Diana Ross. You were saying... Iconic. Oh, most definitely. So... One of my favorite lines in this movie is when Angie's like looking up at the IV drip and she's like, oh, this stuff's good. What's the street name for this? What's the street name for this? <laughs> so, so what do you guys think of this play on baby making scene? Yeah. Like, oh, it's a play on it. I get it. I yeah. get it. What do you think? So I mean, I think it's funny. Really. I think it's funny, but it's also kind of like, I don't know. It's funny. I'll just say that. It's yeah. funny. What do you think, Tiana? Like I said, it's so intimate, but it's really not. It's yeah. so funny. No, for real. Because it's literally a baby-making song. No, for real. And the way they're, like, looking at each other, it's like... <sighs> yeah. Like I said, it's so intimate, but it's not. <laughs> so next, we see Kate drive Angie home as we get a voiceover of the doctor telling us that this has a 60% chance of working. I would just like to say, I think those numbers are kind of low for paying a hundred thousand dollars. To be honest, you know? that's true. Like, oh my if I'm paying that much, mm -hmm. I at least want it to be at least eighty-five to ninety percent. <laughs> at least seventy-five, Jesus. So, if all goes well, Angie keeps up her healthy lifestyle. They should get the results of a home pregnancy test in two weeks. So, once they park in front of Angie's house, Angie struggles to get out of Kate's car. Kate unlocks the door for her while Angie thanks her for driving home. And at this point, you're asking yourself, why couldn't her common-law husband drive her? But Angie explains he couldn't leave the house because he's trying to win a radio contest. Carla has the same vibes as that one lady's husband on TikTok who's being an asshole while she was in labor. Do you know what I mean? No, I get you. Yeah. Angie tries to give Kate money for gas, but Kate says it's no problem as the two walk into Angie's house. 
Kate tells her that she brought her groceries in case she wants to start eating organically. Angie's like, nah, that's for rich people who hate themselves. Real. <laughs> so Angie apologizes for the mess, and Kate's like, oh no, it's fine. It has an old-timey smell as she runs into their pet iguana that Kate sarcastically thinks is an alligator. She then tries to put the groceries away in the fridge, and she sees that all they have is leftovers. As Carl opens the door to the bathroom to explain he has to be the 103rd.7th caller as Red Red Wine is playing. This grosses out Kate. Red Wine. Be nice to it. I am being nice to you. So that grosses out Kate as Angie screams at him to shut the door, but Carl is like, How am I supposed to talk to you? I'll just, that's, that's you. <laughs> So as Kate goes to leave, she reminds Angie to basically still stay healthy and take the test in two weeks while Carl and Angie go back and forth Mm -hmm. about shutting the door. Next scene, we see Kate back at work scoping out neighborhoods to put this new place that her boss wants as we get a voiceover of Kate explaining to her colleagues what kind of building they want this to be. So... want it to be a building. A building that builds. Is something I feel like you would say. Oh my god. So, as Kate thinks she has found the right location for this new building, she goes into a smoothie shop and asks about the neighbor and is greeted by the owner, a super fruity. Kate orders the aren't you glad I didn't say banana. And I thought that, like, you know, those places where they have, like, stupid names for their smoothie. But there was this one place downtown that I would go to. One place? Yeah, and they had this drink called the Banana Nicole Smith. Was so good. Oh, that's funny. Dude, I would order two at a time. <laughs> All the time. It closed. I was so sad. I'm sorry, where was it? It was like, you know in the uh, thing where uh, City Bites is? Oh, in, um, in that, downtown? Yeah, 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 in that building. Like, across from City Bites is where it would be. I'm but sorry. they closed it. I know! And they used to play, like, VHS tapes all the time of, like, old movies. I'm sorry. <laughs> So the owner is like, yeah, the neighborhood is good, it's up and coming, and lots of condos are growing up. And then Case asks him how his like, business is going, and the camera like pans to like, empty tables as the owner is like, oh, well, it's slow, but it's tough going up against the man. And Kate's like, the man? And it turns out, yeah, yeah, that's what the man is. That's the man. So Kate goes to walk away as the owner tells her to have a super fruity day as he watches her leave. Sashay away. So after leaving the super fruity, Kate makes calls to see what buildings are available in the area. When she gets an unexpected call from Angie telling her the pregnancy test that she took was positive. Kate, ecstatic after the phone call, yells, she's gonna have a baby. We then see a montage of Kate as Bicknell's going over her bill. We then see Carl open up a hefty check from Kate, and it's $10,000. And I feel like if I could get $10,000 for having a baby, I think that would fix a lot of my problems. (laughs) To be honest. So next, we see Kate at the bookstore picking up baby books, and the book is 101 Things That Can Go Wrong With Pregnancy. And that's just Google for me. Google. (laughs) They didn't have Google yet. I like I promised myself I would never be that person during the first trimester. You're just like so curious about what's going on. Like you don't you can't see it. Like so you're just like what's what's happening right now? Are they yeah. okay? Are they good? 
So Kate calls her sister Caroline, concerned that her baby may be a hermaphrodite, and her sister is like, what are you on? Literally. And Kate's concerned that it'll happen because it happens to 2% of babies. And Caroline jokes that if that were true, then at least like 10 people in their class would be one of them. As like Caroline's kid is like begging like for her mom's attention. Yeah, I was, that's what I was wondering. So Kate then I was like, like her kid looks like she he needs her or she may need her. Well, she's like mom, mom, mom. Kate then asks what her niece wants for her birthday since it's coming up soon, and her sister says she either wants a phone or a karaoke machine. So Kate then switches the conversation back to Angie and wonders if she's getting enough rest and exercise or if she's eating the right things, because to Kate Angie seems chaotic. Caroline jokes that she can't just lock her up in a cage and force feed her. As Kate goes to pay for her books, the cashier asks if she's expecting, which Kate excitedly nods, and the cashier tells her that she's expecting a girl. That's why her hair is so dry. (laughs) Honestly, damn. That's not the first time either. I know. I was just thinking about that. That was just really mean. That happens to her throughout this entire movie. I know. Okay, what would you do if someone said that to you? I'd be really upset. I don't. I don't think it really like happens as much anymore. I think a lot of women are like, I don't like unsolicited advice. And I'm sure you don't like unsolicited advice, but bitch, you look pregnant. <laughs> so that night, Kate hears a knock at the door, and it's her doorman telling her like, "Oh, uh, you know, uh, you have baby mama drama or whatever." And then Angie like comes from behind him and explains like, "Oh, you know, I left Carl because he was screwing around behind my back, and you know, we got into a huge fight. Things got pretty physical." And Kate's like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, I didn't hit him too hard." real would you would you would that be you mm-hmm. yeah I didn't hit him too hard so here you can't punch I can punch, punch Tiana punch can I punch hand. punch my hand ooh yeah why'd you flinch bitch <laughs> cause you're mean and you have hit me say hers hit me more than I've ever hit her She's so beautiful. Why would you admit that? I've 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 hit Sahara before, but not as many times as she's hit me. You deserved it. <laughs> you sound abusive, Christine. If I were abusive, would I say admit that I was, or would I just try and hide it? Oh my god. Exactly. I'm sorry. Which is why you got hit for talking back. Christian! <laughs> So even though it's, like, an unfortunate circumstance, uh, Angie's, like, trying to, like, make a light of the situation. She's like, oh, but, you know, like, here's a sonogram, you know? And it honestly looks like, like, a blob, mm-hmm. you know? Like, imagine, like, what, like, those photos look like, but there's not, like, a baby there at all, you know? It's just a blob. And she's, like, trying to look or whatever, and the doorman's like, it looks like a squirrel. And Kate, like, makes a face at him, and he's like, a cute baby squirrel, you know? And so, yeah, us... But then Angie says, like, you know, it's too early on to, like, see anything. But the doctor wanted to see if things were growing right. And so Kate is like, oh, why didn't you tell me? I would have gone with you. And Angie's like, oh, I don't want to bother you. And she just, like, starts crying into, like, Kate's arms. And Kate kind of, like, silently, like, asks the doorman, like, what she should do. The doorman is like, uh, he, he, know, he knows what to do. And he just uh, leaves. He stays in his lane. Yeah. Oscar like, knows what's up. He, he, he's like, all right. All right. I thought it was really funny earlier in the movie where he was like, uh... Uh, he's using the payphone or whatever mm-hmm. he's talking to his girl and he's like it's, maybe it's cheaper to use like collect call or something like that Go no on. he said I don't have enough quarters oh. to express how much I oh, love you oh yeah something <laughs> like, like that and then, so, so, he says something about collect call yeah but basically and I'm like damn so you're really making her pay for this <laughs> what would you do if some guy called you and then you got like a bill in the mail for like a week later 
Okay, I would just like to point out my dad. My dad. When he was dating, I don't know if you remember this, Tiana, but like, do you remember when dad was talking to that one girl? And um, it was like a lot. No, I don't know if that was her name, but like, he didn't know who she was. But, like, they were talking to each other on the phone. And I remember that he was complaining about his phone bill being so high because they were always on the phone. Do you remember that? Yeah, he was definitely getting catfished. <laughs> Our men great. <laughs> uh, the next scene, we see Kate, like, fixing up her couch so that Angie can sleep on it. Which is like, oh, if you care for this kid so much, give her your bed. You know? <laughs> like, And so, but Angie's, like, she's explains like, uh... Or she's explaining to Angie, like, I have clean towels if you need a toothbrush or anything. Uh, you know, and she's, like, yep, talking from another room. But mm-hmm. then she goes out to find her. Kate, like, uh, finds out, like, past, you know, Angie, she just finds Angie, like, passed out on her bed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, well, uh, good night. Good night, baby. <laughs> Is that how you'd be? Mm-hmm. Good night, baby. Good night, baby. Good night, baby. We went and bought baby clothes today. I mean, we already had some, but we bought an outfit. It was $20. Baby's gonna be dressing. <laughs> like ranch dressing. Tiana, we bought her a little sweater. Aww. I know, it's so cute. I'll send you a picture. I still haven't sent you a picture of the Winnie the Pooh bib. Oh, it's okay. It's reversible, too. Oh my gosh. What's on the other side? Eeyore. I love Eeyore. <laughs> the prettiest girl in school. The prettiest girl in school. Were you ever... Yeah, the Epcot <laughs> What? what? When, did you go to Epcot? I've never been to You've Epcot. Never been to Epcot. Mm-hmm. It's. I literally work at Epcot. <laughs> Epcot, in my in my experience, Epcot's cool. Like if you want to try like food from different places, but mm-hmm. like there ain't a whole lot to do. Bro, the food and wine festival just started. Oh, I'm sorry, bro. People are passing out left and right because they're drinking so much and it's so, so hot. hot out oh here. my god, I can imagine, dude. Dude, listen. We've been calling alpha units left and right. Listen, I can I never explain like not explain. I never understand why people like want to go to Florida in the middle of the summer. Like unless you're going to like the beach or something. Mm-hmm. But like if you're going to like you're going to like these parks. These like parks are massive, and you're walking all day. Mm-hmm. And like the only ch- breaks you'll get are when you like take a lunch break. I assume to sit inside, mm-hmm. where it will also be packed. Mm-hmm. By the way, because for or some reason, characters. Yeah, or like when you get it's like, it's so hot. It's mm-hmm. so miserable. Like I think the let's see. I think I. Uh, I've been to Florida a few times. The latest I've ever been in the summer was, like, first week of July, though. Oh, my gosh. Like, that was the latest. Because my family knew it was hot. They only ever wanted to go when it was, like, like sp- like that was, like, first week, like, month of summer. Tiana, didn't we go to Disney, like, only in the summer? Yeah, we always went, like, in August. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty hot. Yeah. My family, it is extremely hot. My family bought airline tickets during hurricane season, so they were cheaper. I'm kidding, I don't know. I made that up, but it sounds true, honestly. Oh my goodness. Do you want me to keep going? Sure, I, I can keep going. Um, and so, uh, back to what I was saying earlier. Do you think that Kate's going overboard with this whole thing? Like, you know, like how I said, like, the representative, like, your rational and your emotional mm-hmm. brains, you know? Do you think she's going overboard? Or is that I do just, think like, part of who she is? I think, one, it's part of who she is, but I also think it's partly due with excitement and that her preparing for the Because she's finally getting something she's been wanting for a really, really, really long time. 
But I also think with like that baby. Sarah, when she gets a new phone. Oh my god. Um, but I mean, like with her like baby proofing everything. Everything. Cause like. I think. Go ahead. Okay, cause like she's like she baby proofed the entire apartment when there's like I'm pretty Angie is still in her first trimester, which is pretty risky if you ask me. Yeah. Because yeah. that part, that stage of pregnancy is so, like, un- it is unknown territory. And, like, every little thing you do is really scary. Like, I would ask if you know what I mean, but none of you know what I mean. But No, yeah, we don't <laughs> understand. Like, it's, yeah, it's, sure. a very, it's a very scary, like, I was afraid to buy baby clothes. Like, that's how scary it is. Because you, cause you don't know. It's your first time and your body's not sure. Like, your body's like, is this... Is this a foreign object? Like, is this supposed to be here? Mm-hmm. But as soon as your body realizes, like, oh, it's go time. It is go, go time. to the time. <laughs> but basically, that's what happens the next day. Like, Kate has hired someone to install a bunch of, like, baby-proof stuff. Such as, like, locking the toilet and not getting their hand slammed in the door. And since uh, what they installed would just make the door, like, swing back open. And Kate wants to test it out for herself, but the installer tells her not to do that because it only works for baby hands. Baby hands. So we then Which see I thought was funny. It's like, it's like, yeah, you stick your fingers in there and they won't get slammed. And she sticks her fingers in and he's like, I didn't mean like right now. <laughs> so we see Angie wake up and she wants to go potty and she slams the door shut, but it just bounces back. And she tries to open the, the toilet, but she can't figure out how to get it open as the installer man, like, tells Kate that opening anything should be easy for anyone over the age of seven. That's, like, a running joke, though, that, like, Angie is kind of, like... Stupid. Yeah, like, she can't open that. She can't open the door. She can't, like... She's like, how do I do this? And, like... Or what was it? Mm-hmm. There's something else that was like that, and, like, in the house, in the living room. What was it? In the living room? I don't know. It was whatever. She's sticking the gum underneath the table? Oh, yeah. 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 No, definitely. I think it's everyone around her, like infantiles her so much that I think she believes it herself until she, like Kate kind of gives her the opportunity to grow up like I feel like no one has given her that opportunity before yeah and so that's how she like grows into her own person of what she wants to do because I think even by the end of the film I don't think she would have made the decisions she would have made if Kate haven't had had guided her yeah no I get you yeah so what did I say? Something. Okay. So we then see Kate pay the installer as he gets ready to leave, and he asks why she's doing this so early on. And she explains that his company is so booked she didn't want to risk being on a waiting list after the baby's here. And this guy's like, true, but you can't be three or four months pregnant. And Kate just kind of slams the door in his face. By the way, Kate is, like, super skinny. And I get it, ha-ha, fat joke, but, like, if this is what it was like in the early 2000s, then I can't imagine what they would have thought of me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me? So Kate walks through her hallway and she catches Angie just pissing in her sink. And Angie explains that her toilet was broken. Kate, who's reasonably pissed at Angie, tries to defensively apologize for breaking one of Kate's house rules. And Kate's like, you literally peed in my sink. Would that not be against everyone's rules? Angie defends herself by saying that only crazy people lock their toilets, and Kate says it's safe and for the baby, and asks her not to touch anything while she's at work before slamming the door. The next scene, we see Kate arriving to show off the building late, as we see Barry saging the area. Barry says that she's 45 minutes late, and that's not like her at all, and Kate explains some stuff came up and apologizes and thanks everyone for waiting as she shows them this new potential building. 
Back at home, we see Angie playing with the karaoke machine as Kate comes home, and she gets upset with Angie because her apartment is now a mess as Angie continues to sing. Angie's like, oh my god, this game is so awesome, where'd you get it? And Kate's like super upset because that was her niece's birthday gift, and Angie's like, oops, sorry. Which, like, how pissed would you be if you had a guest come to your house and they open up your, like, your gifts and it makes your house all dirty? Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be furious. I'd be, I'd be like, uh, I would just hate, I would hate, like, granted, Kate's doing this for herself, like, mm-hmm. she's gaining from this, mm-hmm. but I would hate, like, doing something nice for someone, letting them live with you, mm-hmm. and they just like, alright, well, this, uh, this is our Mojo Dojo Casa house now. <laughs> You know, like, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, I grant, I get it. You can't stay in the guest phase. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to intrude. May I use your bathroom before yeah. I explode? You know? Yeah. I get that. Mm-hmm. I, you, you don't want to stay in that phase forever. Yeah. But like, you're, you're moving out at the end of this. This is like a short term rent, bro. Yeah. For free. For I'm free, mind you. <laughs> like, this is still someone's house. So Kate gets on to Angie for what she's been eating, such as Dr Pepper, chips, and oh, Red Bull. Mm-hmm. I love this product placement, by the way. Gets all of them out of the way. <laughs> Kate tells her that Angie is carrying something precious and that what she eats, the babies eats, which and what she listens to, the baby listens to. And honestly, if this were me, I would have told Kate, like, you're stressing me out. Therefore, the baby is stressed out. Really? <laughs> and I think Oscar is in there with her because I think he carried in the groceries. And does he's Oscar like, do his job or does he just hang out in their apartment all day? I think he just became friends with Angie. That's true. And I think they just trust Oscar. My favorite, my, my favorite Oscar moment is like Kate says something mean to Angie, and uh, Angie's I like, I, I deserve so that. Oscar's sweet. like, no, you didn't. Yeah, no, he's so fucking sweet. I love him. What a dude. And like, um, he says like, oh, if you listen to B- DMX, the baby's gonna come out. <clears throat> <clears throat> <laughs> So Kate then sees a pack of cigarettes lying around and she calls Angie an idiot for smoking while pregnant and Angie does the classic rule of deny, deny, deny. And honestly, if she was going to do that and knowing that Kate is already pissed at her, I never understood why she didn't hide those better. Mm-hmm. And I think that smoking while pregnant is so wild. So Angie also drinks while pregnant, which I think is so like... That's a little too hardcore for, cause you know I don't care if you eat sushi, I eat you know eat the uh, deli meat. That does not bother me. All right, but like doing like hardcore stuff like that, I'm like, ooh, ooh, queen, are you okay? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean, Tiana? Yeah, but what if you didn't know you were pregnant? Yeah, that's true. Not knowing that you're pregnant and that's like really scary, but. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to put into words that I'm just like, ooh, ooh, queen. So then no, the f- that actually just reminds me of hairspray when mm-hmm. she looks at the window and those I two know. moms are just smoking and drinking. Yes, dude. Did you know like back then they kind of recommended smoking to pregnant women so the baby would come out smaller. Oh my god. Dude, I know. Isn't that crazy? That's so I know. Also, it says the same thing when they warned me about like smoking marijuana while pregnant they were like oh your baby could be like a less like body weight and i'm like oh that's that's scary (laughs) so then the phone rings and angie goes to answer it and kate's like why why like why are you answering the phone 
Like, and, and it turns out it's Barry who's on the phone telling Kate that they've decided that they are moving forward with buying the building. Kate's like, okay, cool. Let's do a community outreach, start a relationship with the community. And Barry's like, oh, that's like a fantastic idea. Kate then tries to give Angie like a huge ass vitamin because she doesn't want her kid addicted to sugar and high fructose corn syrup. Kate is the original crunchy mom. Angie tells her that there is such a thing as being too healthy and that is what killed Bruce Lee. And Kate's like, oh yeah, where'd you read that? The Weekly World of Dum Dum. So Kate tries to give Angie her vitamin, but Angie is struggling and they try so hard to get her to do that, like swallowing water and then putting it between bread. And Kate even tells her that cats can do this as she holds Angie's head back and rubs her neck to try to encourage her to swallow, but Angie just can't. And I said that that was Tiana energy. No, dude, literally. I did not take any of my medicine after I got my um, wisdom teeth pulled. Mm -hmm. I just literally went through the pain. I couldn't do it. I could not take those painkillers. Oh, Tiana. That must have been so painful. It was hella painful. I literally still cannot swallow pills to this day unless I literally have to force myself to do it. Do you throw up after if that's why? Yeah, I literally do. It's so bad. And this one time, Grandma, mm-hmm. we were in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I got really sick. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, I know you can't take pills. So Auntie Loretta, like, got, like, this Advil pill. Mm-hmm. Grandma crushed it up, and it was a gel. Mm-hmm. So she was like, here you go. Put it on a spoon. I literally threw it back up because of the acid. <gasps> like, it was so bad. And I could not stop throwing up after that. And the Grandma and Loretta just looked at each other and were like, I feel like we should have done that. <laughs> because I just literally could not stop throwing up. <gasps> oh, T. And that's when you and Papa went to North Carolina. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I literally could not stop. They would feed me food constantly, just coming back up. Oh, babe. Also, I thought she took the vitamin because she didn't want her kid to have a pinhead. Is that what she said? Yeah. She should have. No, I could have sworn she said she was like, oh, I don't want it addicted to, like, high fructose corn syrup. No, that's because she was drinking Dr. Pepper. Mmm. But she said she took the vitamin because she was like, I don't want my baby to have a pinhead. Oh my god. So I know this movie. That's why I choose the gummy prenatal vitamins. By the way, I'm on my second box of those. I'm surprised. Yeah, because I stopped taking them after a while because they made me sick. And I was like, I'm not taking these anymore. But then I was like, oh, I should probably start taking these again. And I finished the whole thing. And now I'm on my second one. So proud of All I can think about is if cavemen and women can go through these pains Mm -hmm. I think I can do it too felt I feel like the state of mind I just mm, I just feel like you you should do like gels and stuff I feel like you could do that oh I can I just don't like taking medicine yeah like if dad told me like if I was like dad and I have to take medicine for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. I'd be like well I guess I'm gonna die (laughs) oh my god that's what I'm gonna tell the doctor. I'd be like, well, I'm not gonna stop playing my people. No, with me, because like taking pills, it's more. I'm more annoyed of the fact that it hasn't gone down at all. I'm just like, I, j- I drank water. Like, why are you not going down my throat? You know? Yeah. I hate it. All right, so the next scene, we see Kate's company breaking ground as Barry is talking to the people who came as he kind of just spits out his accomplishments and experiences and is basically saying that with all these experiences, he wants to share that with the community by building this building. 
But since Barry can't finish his speech because he has to swing by his son's graduation and then turns to Kate, who gets uh, to finish his speech but gets bombarded with questions. She asks everyone to line up at the microphone so that she can answer each question professionally. And surprise, surprise, the owner of Superfruit steps up to the mic. We learn that his name is Rob, and he asks if she ever found that apartment she was looking for. And Kate laughs all flustered. When I was younger, I thought I was, like, he was an asshole. But now that I'm older, I think he was trying to flirt with her. Definitely. No stuff. <laughs> she tells him, no, not yet. And Rob's like, okay, cool. Well, here's my real question exactly. What portions of your company's profit goes towards rebuilding and revitalization of their community? And the whole crowd is like, woo, woo, yeah, yeah. And it just cuts the next scene. For the life of me, I cannot establish why any of that was important. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Open America, duh. <laughs> so the next scene, we see a guy, like, stuffing, like, the free food into his pocket. And Kate's like, hey, you know, you don't have to, like, sneak those. It's all free. But he just kind of, like, runs away from her. Also, did you notice that they have, like, those Izzy uh, pop bottles? The ones that I like? I, I was like, them. I was like, I love those. They are good. You should get some. You know, for real. So Rob is like, oh, hey, Kate, I was wondering how you like that smoothie. And Kate's like, mm, it was a little bit too much banana. And honestly, I agree. A single banana can ruin a whole smoothie. Like, it literally overpowers, like, all the other fruits in the drink. Like, one single banana. So Kate tells Rob that she's not liking this tension between them and that she wants to build a relationship with the Small Owners Association and she would like to sit down together and talk about it. And Rob is like, oh, are you asking me out? And Kate's like, what? No. And Rob is like, are you sure you've lied to me already? And Kate's like taken aback by this and is like, yeah, I'm sure. And then Rob is like, see you around, Kate. So what do we think of Rob, everybody? What do you think of Rob? Mm -hmm. Rob is a heartthrob. You like Rob? Heartthrob Rob. Yeah. I think he's an asshole. <laughs> you think he's an asshole? Yeah. I, I think he's a dick. Like in an older he's generation. No, for real. Way, way better, but I think he's just like a dick in his own way. He's, he's an Alan around Ken. So the next scene, we see Kate, like, rehashing everything Rob said to, like, her sister Caroline. And Caroline is like, well, is he cute? And Kate's like, well, yeah, but that's not the point. Kate then gets a call from Angie, and she tells Kate that she's starving. And Kate's like, oh, well, there's, like, pea soup in the fridge. And Angie tells Kate that everything is weird and healthy, and she doesn't like it. Kate then tells her that it's good for her and the baby. And Angie is like, not to be dramatic or anything, but I'd rather be shot in the face than eat this stupid food. Kate then hangs up on Angie to continue the conversation she was having with her sister, but instead of complaining about Rob, she starts complaining about Angie and how crazy she is and how it's like living with a child. And Caroline tells her that Kate will be living with a child soon and she better get used to it as her own children run around the house screaming. But Kate argues that her and Angie are both adults and that they can work it out. So the next scene, we see that Kate has put on a language thing for Angie to listen to and explains that the studies show that a baby can learn a new language in the room. And Angie sarcastically suggests that they put on an English tape so that the baby already comes out talking and Kate will be famous and earn a lot of money. Do you think that this is an insecure dig at like Kate's like upper middle class lifestyle? Mm -hmm. She's like very uh, upper middle class, but she's obviously like... Her parents are, like, rich, bro. Do you not see, like, their, when they had that party or whatever? 
That was like full of rich people, dude. Like I'd go there and I'd just well, you're not there yet in the in the script yet. Don't get us wrong. That hasn't happened yet in the movie. But like there's like they have dinner at like your grandparents' house. And that's obviously or grandma or like Kate's mother's house. Mm-hmm. That's obviously a nice house. Yeah. But then like later in the movie they have that party and but the party is on top of Kate's apartment building. But like she could afford that, you know. And you see mm-hmm. all the other people that are there. Yeah. And you just kind of get the sense that they're all like very comfortable with this. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh yeah, this is like normal. Mm. What do you think, Tiana? I mean, she does have a lot of money, but I also do think she comes from a rich family. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Angie goes to turn it off and tells Kate the CD is skipping and that she's going to watch TV instead. Angie starts watching Me. America's Funniest Home Videos, and Kate comes in to see and guesses the end of the clip. And Angie's like, you don't know that. And Kate's like, this is textbook stuff, that the kid has a baseball bat, and dad is standing right in front of him. The kid's going to hit him in the balls. Angie ends up laughing anyway, even though Kate was right. And as she laughs, Angie puts her gum underneath the coffee table. And Kate catches her, and she's like, did you put gum underneath the coffee table? And Angie's like, I don't know. And Kate's like, what do you mean you don't know? Do you think you're here at an Arby's right now? And Angie gets defensive and tells Kate that she wishes she was at an Arby's because there are better food and cooler people there. Kate then looks under her coffee table. Do you wish you were at an Arby's? I fucking love Arby's. Arby's is good. Kate then looks under the coffee table to see all types of gum flavors underneath underneath there. And Kate then asks Angie if she stuck all of that underneath there. And Angie's like yelling that she doesn't know. And maybe Kate was the one to stick gum underneath there. And Kate's like, yeah, you might be right. Because sometimes when I work a really long work day, I like to come home and chew a huge wad of bubblicious gum and stick it underneath my reclaimed barnwood coffee table. And Bitch, I-, I don't know your life. <laughs> Literally. Uh, the next scene we see the two women in Becknell's uh, surrogacy therapy support group and Becknell tells Kate that she likes to be the boss and in control and Angie being pregnant is feeling vulnerable and sensitive and because Becknell can relate because her hormones are a roller coaster right now Kate is like are you saying what I think you're saying and Becknell's like yes we are expecting again and Angie leans over to Kate and whispers expecting what a social security check and I think that's so mean white now she is older and like you don't expect people who are like old to be having babies I guess like would you expect grandma to have a baby oh god no exactly Bicknell tells the group that it's normal for all these emotions and hardships to happen because the relationship that they all share is highly unusual and that's why she has the support group one of the group members raises their hand to share their experience and he's like i only bring this up because my surrogate karen and i have been fighting a lot because she he thinks that she is morbidly obese and his partner is like i keep reminding him that karen is pregnant then the guy starts crying and confesses that he's i think he said anorexic with my second watch i think he says manorexic he said anorexic yeah and, it, and yeah, and it's like really hard because she's fat and his partner is fat, and he's afraid that the baby will also be fat, and he's worried it'll just be him and two fatties. That's a quote. Well, oh, you the gotta way. say it like him. Yeah, you, you say it like him. It's really hard because she's fat and my partner's fat, and I'm just afraid that I'll be just with two fatties. <laughs> So real for that. Is that Jay Bolzerian, by the way? Uh, it kind of looks like it. Well. It sounded like him. Bicknell thanks him for sharing, and the group claps, and Bicknell asks if anyone else would like to share. 
And the next group to go is like this really religious family and their surrogate is a Wiccan and the guy is clearly uncomfortable with that. And the guy jokes around like your dad does, not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Aunt Jabin's- I have only met Christian's dad like maybe twice. Yeah. But I can see it. Yeah, no for real. So Angie then speaks up about her experience and claims that she doesn't know all the therapy terms to articulate this, but Kate is always up in her business. And Kate defends herself by saying that it kind of becomes necessary to insert yourself when someone falls asleep with a curling iron in their hair to be all up in their business. And Angie's like, that only happened twice. That only happened twice. Becknell then cuts in and reminds Angie that she is... Uh, carrying Kate's baby and asks if she wants to continue to get paid. I love how Angie makes a face like, you know, you got me there. <laughs> got me there. Bignell reminds her that Kate does get some input and that Bignell reminds Kate that Angie is not one of her employees and that this is a partnership. Angie agrees and is like, yeah, like Tom and Jerry. And Kate's like, what are you talking about? Tom and Jerry hated each other. Angie's like, what? No, they loved each other. What show are you watching? Children in Japan could understand that. <laughs> the two start arguing over whether Tom and Jerry are friends or not. And Becknell interrupts the argument by telling them to spend more time together. And they are both are against that, but Bicknell makes suggestions that they should try decorating the nursery together, pick out a whole crib, and to just do things that Kate would do if she was the one that was pregnant. So the next scene, we see Angie and Kate at a birthing class, and the woman instructing the birthing class welcomes all the mommies and daddies, and mommies and mommies, referring to Kate and Angie as lesbian lovers. We love mommies and mommies. They both deny this, and the instructor continues by asking how many of them in class plan on doing natural childbirth, and like everyone raises their hand. And who will be drugging that baby with (laughs) harmful chemicals? I love Angie's face. Like, it's like, come on, girl. Come on, queen. Walking, your baby. So the next scene, we see Kate and Angie picking out a stroller, and they get uh, Fred Armisen as their salesman. And he asks Kate what's the first thing he thinks of when she sees a stroller. And Kate's like, baby. And he's like, okay, what's the second word? And she's like, infant. And he's like, no. The answer was safety. And then he shows her, like, the stroller having, like, airbags, which I think would end up crushing the baby. So, like, no, for real. I'm like, that is not safe at all. But she's like, oh, my God, that's perfect. I'll take it. And Angie's like, oh, my God. (laughs) So the next scene, we see Angie playing the karaoke game again as Kate is working from her dinner table. And she asks Angie what's the point of that game. And Angie explains that it gives you points depending on how good you can sing. And Angie is like, I'm the highest score. And Kate reminds her that she's the only one who's ever played it. And that's a you energy, Christian. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm really great. So I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> Kate then asks Angie what that smells in. And Angie's like, I'm dying my roots. <laughs> We had a hard cut to like Kate washing out Angie's hair. Like she's they're both fully closed in the uh bathroom and she's like, I was just trying to get some highlight and Kate's like, This has so many chemicals. I'm clean. I'm clean. <laughs> so the next scene we see Angie listening to like Spanish CD as Kate comes in to apologize over what happened and she thinks she may have overreacted and Angie's like yeah you think Kate then confesses that the whole thing is really important to her but it also drives her crazy that Angie gets to experience it while she just watches is that how you feel? kinda at the same time I'm just like at least it's not me 
my god. Kate then confesses that she's jealous, and Angie's like, why would you be jealous of me? Kate then apologizes for calling her stupid and walks away, leaving her a Dr. Pepper for her to have. While Kate walks out, Angie apologizes for farting into her purse. Hmm. And she's like, what? And she's like, nothing. <laughs> so what do you guys think of that scene? The whole apology scene? Oh, it was uh, Out of all the apologies, it was one of them. Oh, it was all right. she farted into her purse. I think yeah. it's valid. I think it is. Would you fart in my purse, Bible? I don't know. I think it's like a, like a, maybe like a switch that maybe like, okay, for Kate, she's like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be so hard on Angie, you know, because yeah. she is pregnant. She is going through all this stuff too. And she's also having a really hard, like she basically left her house and I shouldn't be getting on to her so much. And I think with Angie, with her apologizing for her, like being like, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't be so like childish. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So the next thing, we see Kate at work, like, with Barry. Mm-hmm. And Barry, like, sets on, like, a tiny seashell. And he explains, he's like, I found it while running barefoot in, at, in the Toronto airport. And I'm just like, dude, what? why? Why? Sometimes, like, rich people are, like, so eccentric. And I'm like, why? Is it because you can, like, pay to get away with it? No, literally. Just be honest. Just say, say you're normal and you just like doing this. Don't pretend that you are this person. You know? And so... One of Kate's co-workers asked if Barry means that, like, he wants the store to look like the shell. And Barry's like, Rick, when you talk to me in that tone of voice, he, I, uh, I get incredibly angry because I could not have been more specific. And I just know that, like, after the events of this movie, like, Barry got into some season one of Succession type scandal, <laughs> by the way. Tiana, have you watched Succession? No, but I've seen clips of it. I'm on, like, I'm halfway through season three. It's a Is show. It really good? It, it's, it's like... You, I feel like you got to be a specific person to watch it. There are times. Okay, I'm, but I'm a hardcore binger. There are times. I already started watching Superstore, and I'm already like almost done. There are times I'm watching the show, and I'm like, "Why am I watching this?" You know, and then it's <laughs> like, and then like something good will happen. I'm like, "Oh, that was juicy," but anyway, and so, but Kate then pitches in, is like, "You want the store to have the essence of the show?" And Barry's like, "Of course," and then apologizes to Barry for getting hostile. <laughs> And then we see Katie, or not Katie, Kate and Angie back in another parenting class as the instructor pours olive oil into a small cup and explains that as the pregnancy progresses, that their partner can help them prep for that great stretch of delivery. And by using olive oil, they should massage the area daily with a little evu to help stretch the uh, stretch and pre- uh, prevent tearing. And why did you say evu? I think she e- says e e v o o. Oh, oh, extra virgin olive oil. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I, I was reading your notes and I was like, okay, I'll just go with it and say Evu. Whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, extra virgin olive oil. She says E V O O is what she says. Oh, well, you should put the dots in. Then. I'm sorry, God! <laughs> and, and Angie asked Kate, like, what the instructor's talking about. Kate tells her that I think the instructor wants me to, uh, to uh, rub olive oil on your taint or whatever. And Angie's like, is it cool if I just spray a little panda on there before the baby comes out instead? And Kate's like, that is a valid suggestion. <laughs> but I just want to point out, like, Sahara, would you rub olive oil? No. Why? I just don't think that should go anywhere near my vagina. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that would throw off a lot of pH. Olive oil is a lube. Christine! Yeah, terrible idea. Terrible. Honest to God, I forgot. I forgot how the scene went down. So when we were rewatching it for the show, I was like, "Okay, are they gonna make them drink that?" <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, they drank just cold pea soup earlier. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, and so 
And the next scene, we see uh, Kate and Angie are walking around the park together, and they're, like, starting to bond, and Angie asks her, is like, oh, uh, were you ever pissed off that no one wanted to marry you? Uh, talking to Angie. Uh, or, or, Angie's, or Angie's talking to Kate, I mean. Angie asks, asks Kate that, if she was pissed off no one married her. And Kate explains that, well, you know, I was always married to this one guy named Scott. They were together for, like, six and a half years. And Angie's like, damn, just shy of common law. And Kate's like, yeah, also, he's the only guy that I've ever lived with. And so, and but she says that now he has three kids and a wife who was a old coworker of hers. She's like, damn. Honestly, but then Angie says like, oh well, that sucks. <laughs> but but not to worry about any of that because Kate's like, you know, you're super successful and you have hot legs. <laughs> Sahara, w- would you rather be married or be successful and have hot legs? I'd rather be successful and have hot legs. Man. Christian's like, fuck you. <laughs> Literally. You're supposed, to, you're supposed to say, no, Christian, I'll be with you forever. Be, oh, well, you didn't specifically say oh. I'm married to you. Okay, would you rather be married to me or have hot legs and be successful? Oh, so it's like hot legs and be successful. <laughs> but, but more definitely. Anyway, and so...